The Survivor Series teams are complete. Retribution actually wins a match, and McIntyre's fighting Orton again. And more in this week's review of Monday Night Raw. So before we get into this, I do want to apologize for not reviewing anything last week. I had um, I had some really bad personal stuff come up, and because of that, I just I couldn't. I I, I watched the shows, I enjoyed them. I thought AEW was phenomenal heading into full gear. NXT it was a little bit forgettable, but it was good setting up future stuff. I didn't even watch SmackDown. I'm not even gonna lie. And then full gear was. Absolutely phenomenal. Quite possibly one of the best AEW pay-per-views there have been. I just, I wanted to just enjoy wrestling without having to talk wrestling last week. But yeah, it was all very, very good. But for now, let's get into Raw. And I'm going to try to get through it fast because... I just don't want to talk about Raw for 30 minutes. Uh, We start off the show with Miz TV and a few advertisements for the matches later on. We're going to get Asuka versus Nia, which hell yeah. And then, of course, uh, a fucking six-man main event, I guess, where Miz and Morrison team with Orton to take on McIntyre and The New Day. And I kind of don't mind this. I like this concept of the WWE champion being on the team with Mr. Money in the Bank. It's really, really interesting. Um... Miz threatens to cash in during the main event, which leads to an interruption from Randy Orton. The New Day were supposed to be the guests, but Orton comes out and is just so fucking paranoid. And it's so fun seeing Orton just being like, you called Stanford, didn't you? You you begged for this match. You wanted, you know what? And like, he literally turns his back on Miz and is like, if you want to fucking cash in, cash in. But please, like, I, I love that the voices in Randy's head are real now and that they are all wrestlers gunning for him. Although one of them may no longer be part of that because we didn't get any Fiend tonight, um, which sucks. Like, there was an Alexa segment, but nothing really talking about the Fiend. Um, Then Miz says that he didn't ask for this to uh, attack Randy. He asked for this so him and Morrison could become number one contenders to the tag titles. At which point, the New Day interrupt. They've got some new Schoolhouse Rock-themed gear, and before anything could get going, Orton just drops one of those motherfuckers with an RKO. Then McIntyre comes out. Big boy punch fight. It set up the show. That was... It was whatever. This was... It, this was nothing. Uh, then we get our our match to determine who the final member on the Survivor Series team is going to be and basically it's all the losers fighting in a triple threat so Hardy who was beaten by AJ Elias who got beaten by Keith Lee and then Riddle who got beat by Sheamus all fight out in a triple threat match um I I just I wanted it to be McIntyre I really wanted it to be McIntyre leading the team because you know Otherwise, we're not going to have a McIntyre presence at the pay-per-view, which, what the fuck? You've built him up for so long. Why not, if you're going to run with Randy as your champion, why not move over? Let him become part of Team Raw. But instead, we get Riddle after what was an absolutely average match. It it was literally the the basic formula, formula for a triple threat. Two guys fight third guy interrupts the pin then third guy and another guy fight then the other person interrupts that's that was the whole thing i did like the opening elias had a lot of viciousness but outside of that it was just a lot of fucking breakups and then finally riddle wins with the bro Derek. um the only real note i had about this was i love that hardy 
consistently finds ways to set up poetry in motion like i i think he had a double splash on both of them and then riddle fell onto his hands and knees which led to poetry in motion i love that he keeps setting it up uh then we go to aj talking backstage with adam pierce and basically aj's pumped i love over arrogant captain aj i love him so much and he says riddle riddle's the piece we needed i love him and then seamus comes out and of course seamus and riddle have their history says that riddle is an obnoxious punk so aj says well we'll have a team meeting and then basically every member of team raw comes out at once and it's like you're not my fucking captain like i don't have to you're not my dad i don't have to listen to you but then of course we do get a team meeting later uh we get a promo from retribution setting up their match against ricochet later that night and ali i i like this because i i knew that this was going to be retribution's first victory but I don't like that it's Ricochet because everyone else, like, Hurt Business made a lot of logical sense. But outside of the fact that they used to be friends, I still don't understand why uh, why Retribution's going after Ricochet. And so I was hoping this promo would illuminate that. But really, Ricochet, I, it really boils down to ret- Retribution wanting to recruit Ricochet. Of course, Ali says Ricochet is very brave, but he thinks one man can change everything. That's a lie. So Retribution is begging for Ricochet. Meanwhile, it seems like Reckoning, aka Mia Yim, seems to be teasing going after Asuka, which, fuck yes, hell yeah, I definitely want to see that. Uh, we get a recap of dominance from the Hurt Business, which leads to Drew Gulak walking up to the Hurt Business in the most obnoxiously red suit, begging to join because he is a champion. He is the 24-7 champion. And, of course, they all are like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But then they pull on his tie, and he has a clip on, and then they just beat the shit out of him, which is the best sentence of all time. Drew Gulak got beat down for wearing a clip-on tie. Um, but then truth comes in pins gulak off of the beat down and new champ baby our truth is the new 24 7 champion and then a lot of shit happens later but before we get to that it's lana versus Shayna baszler for some reason mandy and dana are on commentary just because you want to have all of them in one segment i guess Lana tries for a real big sneak attack, and by a real big, I mean the sl- like, a, like a sloth in the ring she is, uh, tried for a sneak attack, at which point we all knew she done fucked up. Shayna Baszler beats her down. At one point, Lana, like a five-year-old pretending she's hurt, yelled, ow! And I'm like, good luck with this babyface plan, WWE. So, uh, much like last week, running knee from Baszler goes for the pin, pulls her up, much like Nia did last week, locks her in the Kirafuta clutch. Lana quickly taps out, gives her a few more wrenches on it just to let her know. But before she can get put through table eight, Mandy and Dana interfere, and I was so fucking upset. They're making history, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't want them to have to stop. So we go backstage, Mandy and Dana are there with Lana, and Lana continues to be the absolute worst, and they're basically fed up with Lana, and they say, if you want to help us, stay out of our way. And I'm like, fuck yeah, exactly. So now we get a team meeting with Raw, and fuck yeah, I was excited for this. After their segment last week, I was really excited to see this. I also loved the fact that AJ is so small compared to his teammates. Uh, He continues to say the missing piece is Matt Riddle, And then all the infighting, all the infighting, and then Matt Riddle, in the first thing he's ever done, I actually enjoyed, says, I know how to fix this. 
And I thought he was going to say they all needed to smoke weed. I'm not going to lie. But he said, he's like, we need code names. And he went around, gave everyone code names like Fireface for Seamus. And it popped me that for Keith Lee, he was like, you're bro Lee. And I'm like, damn it. That's good. Shit. Now I want them to tag team so bro Lee could be in WWE. But that would mean Matt Riddle. Um, so then, unfortunately, the segment boils down to AJ saying, hey, you understand Jey Uso's on the other team. You understand, like, runs down everyone on the other team saying, like, they are doing phenomenal right now. Like, it's Kevin Owens. It's Jey Uso. King Corbin's there, so he's kind of whatever. But, like, he runs them all down and then reveals that earlier when he was talking to Adam Pierce, he was getting a match sanctioned Sheamus and Braun versus Riddle and Lee with AJ as guest referee. And then he just screams, y'all gonna gain respect from one another. And yeah, it was a great fucking segment that just led to a, a match that didn't need to happen. And I'll be honest, the only good thing in this match was AJ Styles. AJ is making this situation work because AJ is now leaning into just becoming the comedy figure because he got the shit beat out of him this entire match. Like at one point, Lee and Strowman just big boy splash each other and AJ gets caught in the middle of that dude sandwich and falls to the ground so uh end of the match Strowman tags himself in interrupting Sheamus's brogue kick so Sheamus tags himself in as Strowman sets up the power slam there's infighting finally Sheamus brogue kicks uh Strowman once again gets rolled up by Riddle one two three short simple it did what it had to do so now we uh, go backstage to Alexa and the uh, Alexa and Nikki. And much like last week, Nikki confronts Alexa, but this time she's not all fiended out. She's normal Lexi. And so Alexa is still playing her little girl character, basically being like, oh, I didn't know you were you were here last week. Let's have a play date. And then uh, Nikki, of course, says, I'm not playing and she goes, oh, that's too bad. And Nikki finally apologizes for the fact that, and this is honestly something I forgot, everything that's happened to Alexa is kind of Nikki's fault. Because Nikki, of course, left Alexa alone in the ring, which led to the Fiend attacking her, which led to where we are now. So Nikki apologizes for all of that and then finally says, it's now time for you to make a choice. It's time for you to walk away. Do you choose me? Or do you choose the fiend? And it was actually really nice emotion out of Nikki here. And then, of course, Alexa has to. She's just like, I choose him and then skips off. And you see that look on Nikki's face of, I have fucked up. Oh, no. So then uh, Hurt Business come out, basically just Lashley and MVP. And they cut a little basic ass promo on Sami Zayn. We're gonna beat him. That's it. That was the whole... There was nothing fun about it. It was just very mode. Hurt business gonna do what hurt business does. We're all punch people. And also, Charlie Caruso informed us next week we are getting Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander versus the New Day for the tag titles. So the Hurt Business are really trying to itch and get all the gold they possibly can. And um, then Titus O'Neil came out. And... Okay... <laughs> that's fine i guess it was so bizarre because I, I understand like a couple of weeks ago titus wanted to join then they denied him they beat him down so he wants a little bit of revenge it's just seemed like a weird time to do this so titus says hey how about this me and you fight 
with the U.S. championship on the line. Lashley responds, I have no respect for you, and this title defense will be his first and his last. This will be the first time and last time Titus ever fights for a championship in WWE. And, man, I was real impressed. in the They have me in the first half, Cotton, I'm not going to lie, because Titus actually looked really phenomenal. He looked brutal in the beginning. Like, he showed a lot of viciousness. He showed a lot of fire. And then Lashley hit a spear and then put him in the hurt lock. And fucking, I'm not even lying. Titus got the ropes within five seconds. Titus was in the ropes and the referee said, fuck, I'm not going to call it. Fuck it. Keep it on. So instead of calling for the rope break like it should be called, instead taps out, match ends. Bobby Lashley looks dominant going up against Sami Zayn, which makes me sad because I really want to see Sami Zayn win that match. So we then get a promo from McIntyre and Sheamus, who are my new favorite duo. Of course, Sheamus is complaining about the fact that there's no organization on his team. And then McIntyre, very matter of factly, is like, well, maybe you shouldn't brogue kick your partners off the ring apron. Uh, Seamus talks about the fact that he that Drew is now teaming up with losers like the New Day, at which point McIntyre does the New Day clap, which popped me. Then apparently they reveal their catchphrase, which was kicking heads, kicking heads and drinking kegs, which fuck yeah. I love this duo. Give it to me, WWE. As soon as Survivor Series is over, give me this duo. I don't care if one turns. I want a baby face Seamus with a baby face McIntyre. It would be great. So now we get Asuka versus Nia Jax. Nia wants to prove that even though she is a tag team champion, she runs the Raw women's division. And she definitely did in the open. A lot of wreck and shop. And Asuka, it was very interesting with Asuka because she kept going for submission moves. She was very rarely going for strikes or any of the stuff that really brought her to the dance. She was more focusing on a technical style. Which really helped set up her as kind of like somewhat of an underdog against Naya because all of these submissions were being powered out of. Uh, Lana interferes and then Baszler gets up, puts her in the clutch, and then that allows Asuka to put Naya in the Asuka lock. And right before Naya can tap, Shayna interferes once again. No DQ. We don't know who wins. That way in the future, Naya can face Asuka and no one will know who will win. It's Asuka. No one is ready for Asuka. So then post-match, Shayna and Naya beat down Mandy and Dana, and Lana is left alone. Oh no, whatever will happen. That's right, motherfucker. Eight times. Eight times through that table. Yes! I was so excited. Uh, we get a promo from R-Truth, which I honestly don't remember outside of them saying, hey, you're going to be in a seven-man match for the title up next. And I said, why? Why is this? Why this happened? So that match happened. It's Truth, Gulak, Lucha House Party, Eric of the Viking Raiders, Tucker, and Akira. And the match begins with everyone beating down Truth. Obviously, Tazawa rolls up Truth for the victory, but then gets rolled up by Eric. But then Eric gets rolled up by Gulak. Then Tucker rolls up Gulak in like a schoolboy. So, you know, they're kind of formed into a little ball. So Tucker rolls up Gulak. And this is a spot I've been waiting to see for a while. Gulak rolls up Tucker and they keep kind of rolling back and forth in this little ball, each trading the titles. Then finally, Tucker comes out victorious and then gets taken out by Truth, who now is your new 24-7 champion, but then Grand Metalik wins, but then Lince Dorado wins, but then Truth wins. This was fucking nothing. Like, it was 
it was a filler. This was filler. It did nothing. Because, like, the stuff earlier with Gulak, that was fun. That's what the title needs to be, is fun, not just a bunch of people doing these. Like, I would have loved if the Tucker and Gulak schoolboy ball thing had just turned into everybody trying to pry them apart. And every time they, they pushed them, they would roll and make a new champion. And then it would just keep doing that. Like, But instead, it was just kind of generic and boring. Boring. But now we move on to match of the night, Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet, which, firstly, Retribution came out on the entrance ramp. That's not how that's supposed to fucking work. So Ricochet starts off the ma- match looking really, really strong, but Ali gets a very quick advantage. Uh, the thing that made me most excited about this is the fact that Ricochet is getting a spot, and Ricochet is actually, like, being the guy in a storyline, not a secondary person, because I love Ricochet, and I've been pissed ever since he's went to the main roster. So uh, Ricochet hits a Hurricane Rana to the outside, which was vicious, but Mustafa Ali gets advantage because of retribution. And the interesting thing about this match was both of these guys are experienced high flyers. There was very little high flying in this match. And that's important because high flying to me works in most matches. But in this one, it was so personal and it was so grudge matchy that if you had went to high flying moves, it almost seems silly. Like imagine like someone sleeps with your wife and you do a back handspring before you punch him in the face. Like, no, you wouldn't do that. You would just beat him down to the best of your ability. And that's what they both did. They both used their vicious attitude. Uh, I can't remember who hit it. Someone hit a fucking backstabber off the top rope, which holy shit. Uh, little note. I love the fact that after, uh, after Raw Talk last week, the commentary team is correctly pronouncing Mustafa Ali, not Mustafa Ali. So that was really nice. And the, like I said, the plot of the match is they're trying to get Ricochet in retribution, which I really, really like. Uh, end of the match, Ricochet goes, takes out all of retribution, massive move, but he gets back in the ring and gets... Uh, I think he went for the 450, lands on his feet, but falls, and then gets caught with the Koji Clutch, which is one of my favorite submission moves of all fucking time. And the fact that they've given it to Mustafa, who's kind of got, like, this snake-like attitude right now. Like, I know snake is Randy's thing, but Mustafa's very, like, you know serpenty kind of and the koji clutch has that kind of python grip that works well with who mustafa is so yeah i liked it very good fucking match retribution finally has one in the w column uh we get a promo from randy orton where adam pierce tells him next week he's going to be facing drew mcintyre for the title which causes orton to slam pierce against the wall and say i know you're just the messenger so I have a message for WWE corporate. They can all go to hell. And then drops him. And then we go to the main event, which was nothing. It was fu- the, the story of the match was Randy Orton is paranoid, which is a fun character development. And because of that paranoia, he refuses to be tagged in because 
He's got McIntyre on one side, Miz with the Money in the Bank briefcase on the other. He wants to be ready in case anything happens. So he's referring, re- uh, refusing to get tagged in. Um, at one point, the New Day scream, one, two, three, we miss you, E, and then hit like this massive splash to the outside. Uh, during the commercial break, the heels take advantage, even though they're it's basically a two-on-three match. I don't know how the heels could have taken advantage, but they did. Uh, end of the match, McIntyre comes in absolutely wreck shop is about to take out morrison but instead drags him to the corner and begs orton to tag him orton gets in leans over the ropes and at the very last minute pulls away and walks up the ramp which of course leads into surprisingly a lot more offense like i thought that would just be lead into a claymore but instead there was actually some fun offense after that then finally morrison gets his head claymored off one two three pinfall and this was great development for randy orton's character the problem is there were five other fucking people in this match there were five other people in this match who got nothing out of it so yeah um okay that's cool i guess it it was i i wanted to see more advancement of the new day versus miz and morrison i wouldn't have mind if the hurt business came out and got involved but instead this was just to show that randy's a little spooked right now because everybody's coming after him and that's it that was raw it was i probably medium medium to medium well like it it was very average it was very middle of the road i i i'm gonna say medium well Two out of five was this raw. But do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And as always, check out all the other programming at a load of pure And please, 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 please remember to support us on our official Patreon page. We've got tons of perks waiting for you. You won't regret it. I promise. At patreon.com slash a load of BS. And as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show. Because when you're a fight boy, You're a fight boy for life. 